We are continuing right ahead with our series uh, plugging through the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we have, as I've said uh, many times, we have been in this since October, and I'm, I'm really just uh, continuing to be blessed as, as uh, we read and, and study, and, and uh, wow, there's so much. There, there's a lifetime. Uh, in this sermon, it really, really is. I true. Uh, the more I read it, study it, and and and, and uh, go back and reread it, it's just so much. Uh, I I really believe these are, if not the greatest words in all of Scripture, some of the greatest. They're they're right from the, the our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, what an incredible, incredible sermon. So we are taking our time, and I don't apologize for that at all. I think it's important that we realize uh, how important these words are. Uh, we just not just speed through them. We not just make this a, a speed reading course, but that we, we take our time and look at them closely. We started this subject last week, this particular section in verses 7 through 12 of chapter 7. Of course, verse 12 is what we commonly know as the golden rule, but I explained last week that, that it's, it's not just verse 12. I think that's a, a common mistake. We need to really incorporate, starting back to verse 7, all the way through verse 12, um, and, and certainly verse 13 as well. But, but, uh, but verse 12, especially, just this, this golden rule is, is so much more than just that, those few words. We really need to understand how important it is that, that we apply all of this gold that's in the rule. And the gold starts up in verse 7. And we looked at that last week. And, and, and our prayer, our praying and our asking and our seeking and our knocking, our desire. And we talked about that last week. And how it's important that not only our own personal asking and seeking and, and knocking for ourselves and our own needs, but, but certainly what a great ministry we can have as we ask and we seek and we knock on behalf of others. How we can make that a part of the golden rule. We love for people to pray for us. We encourage people to pray for us. It's important that people pray for us. And we can incorporate and, and begin to do that by praying for them. When a need arises, we don't just say, well, oh, I'll be praying for you. We take that to heart. And we go to the throne of God on behalf of that person. And we ask. And we seek, and we really, we knock, and we really, really, really try to, to take that person to the throne of God. God, meet the need. And what a fulfillment of verse 12 we see as we do that. Today, as we go through this, we're going to see love shown in, in a couple of other areas through example and certainly through action. So let's begin with a word of prayer. I'm going to go ahead and go back and read verse 7 through 12, all of it, so that you can kind of see how it all does fit. But our emphasis this morning will be uh, on verses 9 through 12. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for just everything you are to us, especially your word. The truth of your word, God, it's, a, it's amazing. And, and, and how dare anyone take that truth and, and twist it and, and make it their own when it's already established by you and written by you. So, Father, help us today just to 
take your word to heart. To take your word and to apply it to our lives. Father, to take your word and just to allow it to speak to us. I just ask today that you would be the message and the messenger. And that these words would be from you to all of us, to me, to everyone here. That we would take these words seriously and then apply them to our lives as we go on throughout this day and this week. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 7 down through verse 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now I know this is Graduate Sunday. And this is a very applicable sermon for our graduates. Whether you're graduating from high school or from college. It's applicable to all of us. If we will make these verses a, a standard of life. A standard of living. If we will strive to live by these verses, not only this short section, verses 7 through 12, but certainly this entire sermon. Wow. We will be Christians. We will be believers. We will be children that will make our fathers smile. And so, graduates, this is for you today as well as for all of us. Now, we see here, first of all, in verses 9 through 11, Love shown through example. Now, I have to apologize about something. I started a new medication uh, this morning. Uh, first time I've taken it. I went to the doctor this week and got the, the, the prescription filled. And um, I am suddenly realizing it's making my mouth very dry. So I'm going to have to drink some water along the way. And I guess I'm going to have to get used to that side effect. Um, but um, I am drying up quickly, so if, you, if I have to pause for drink of water, bear with me. Uh, otherwise, I'll never get finished. But, but love shown through example. And Jesus starts with the parents' example. He says here in verse 9, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Now, Jesus' point in these verses, especially verse 9 here, is very simple. A dad who truly loves his child will not ignore the physical and, I believe, spiritual needs of that child. He's going to make sure. Now, I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus uses the analogy of, of stone and bread. We would think we may not pick that up. But again, going back to that culture, going back to that day, a very common bread used, especially among Judaism, uh, one of the, the breads that was an unleavened bread was called matzah bread. 
It was usually a round piece, rather thin, not very thick, because there's no leaven in it, so it doesn't rise. And so they would have this, this bread often, and it would look many times like a, a piece of a, a stone, a rock, a flat rock. And so I, I think Jesus is, is equating, hey, if your son asks for, for bread, you're not going to give him a, a round stone instead. No, of course not. Or if he asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. I mean, who, who does that? Saul used to love snakes. Now he and I both are very scared of them. And I'm glad he's joined up on my side. Uh, I had fears that he was going to be bringing these things home at some point in time. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's important to realize that when we love our children, we're going to do everything we can to meet their needs. And then Jesus gives us the Heavenly Father's example. You see, he continues on in verse 11. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Our Heavenly Father truly knows what is best for us, and He enjoys blessing us. Did you know that? Did you know that God absolutely enjoys blessing you? Just like you enjoy blessing your children, and you'll sacrifice, and we all do this, you will sacrifice many times so that your children can be blessed, so that your children can be happy, well, even in a greater way, God loves to bless His children. He loves to bless us. And He does often. He does often. There's a, a fellow back in Kentucky that uh, he had, he had kind of a rotten life. And uh, he finally came to his senses. He came to the Lord. He was baptized into Christ. And he came up out of that baptistry and he's trying to think of something just incredible to say. And all he could think of was, ain't God good? And you know, amen to that. Amen, amen to that. Ain't God good? He is good. He is an incredible God. He is an awesome, awesome, awesome God. And we need to thank him daily. For his blessings, and I'm sure you do. But God knows how to give us perfect blessings. I really like the way John MacArthur put it in his book, Matthew. He writes this. Our divine, loving, merciful, gracious Father who is in heaven has no limit on his treasure and no bounds to the goodness he is willing to bestow on his children who ask him. I love that. That's so true. And so, just as we as parents sacrifice, just as we parents love to bless our children, God loves to bless us. We need to realize how awesome God's love is for us. And there's no limit to what God will give. Notice again, verse 8, we talked about this last week, but notice again, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And so God put his love in action. God absolutely shows us that example. Have you ever read a verse? I think it's um, John, uh, John 3.16. 
Uh, I think that's it. For God so loved the world. Yeah, that's the one. He gave us his one and only son. You see the love. You see the giving. You see all that God has done for us. How he's blessed us. Even in giving us the greatest gift of all times. There's the story of a, a man that decided to visit this church one particular Sunday morning. And he pulled into a parking space and he got there a little bit early. A lot of spaces available. And he pulled into this particular parking space and he had just gotten out. This man comes running up to him and he says, What are you doing? I always park right there. You, you took my place. The man was kind of taken back, but he went on into the building and he sat down for Sunday school, sat down in a, in a chair and a lady came up to him and, and she says, you know what? You, you, you've taken my seat. That's where I always sit. That's where I always sit every single Sunday. I sit right there in that chair. You took my place. And then worship service started and this gentleman sat down and Somebody came up to him, another man came up to him, and he said, what do you, what do you think you're doing? That, that's my pew right there. That's where I sit. That, that, you can ask the preacher. He's going to be messed up today because you're, you, 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 you took my place. A little bit later, the minister was leading in prayer, and he prayed that they would have the indwelling of, of Christ in their lives on that particular morning. And after prayer, the appearance of this man began to change drastically. All of a sudden, there were scars in his hand. Both hands. And then scars on his feet. And, and suddenly, there was a, a crown of thorns. And this man says, what, what are you doing? Who, what, what's going on? And this man simply replied, I took your place. Our wonderful, incredible Savior took our place. We're blessed. What an example Jesus has given us. And what a great example of Showing how to put love into action as we see in verse 12. You see, Jesus is the perfect example of putting love into action. So let's look at verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. You see, love is shown through action. And we need to treat others the way we want to be treated. We need to treat others the way we want to be treated. Now let's closely, take a close look at verse 12 real quick. It says how we treat others is not determined by how we expect them. It doesn't say anything about how you expect somebody to treat you. Or it doesn't say about how, how someone should treat you. It says you treat them the way you want to be treated yourself. 
A lot of times we have expectations. A lot of times we think somebody should. But in return, we need to treat people the way we want to be treated. Let me just ask you, how do you treat others? Think about that. Dwell on that today and throughout this week. How do you treat others? Maybe things will be different at school tomorrow. Maybe things will be different at, at the work site tomorrow. And there's a, an interesting word in verse 12 that we need to look at. It's the third word in the NIV anyway. So in everything. Now everything is kind of like my word all. I love the word all because all means all. Everything means everything. Pretty simple. So Jesus is saying in everything, in every aspect of life, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And we need to, to look closely at the selfless love of Christ. In fact, going back to the first part of this passage, starting there in verse 7, perhaps you need to ask and seek and to knock for the selfless love of Christ to be a part of your life. Maybe you've been selfish when you need to be selfless. And you need to really, really pray about this. You need to, to ask and to seek and to knock and say, God, I desire to have the selfless love of Christ like he has. True selfless love comes from only one source. And his name is Jesus. There was a, a man that was trying to work his way through school and he was selling his goods door to door to door. And he, he just realized he was getting very hungry and he reached into his pocket and realized he had a dime left. That was it. And he was getting very hungry. In fact, almost to the point of a of, of, of weakened condition. And so he, he thought, I, I just, at this next house, I... I've got to ask for something to eat instead of trying to sell. I, I've got to ask. And so more, more timid than normal, he goes up and rings the doorbell. And he's even waiting for the person to come. He's rehearsing what he's going to say. And this lovely young lady comes to the door. And he just lost all, all desire to ask. So he just merely asked for a glass of water. And she looked at him and thought, he, he looks hungry. Yeah, I, I'm going to do more than that. So she brought him a, a big glass of milk. And he drank it very slowly. And oh, he just let that milk, what little nourishment it gave him, it, it did strengthen him. And then he said, how can, I, how can I pay you? How much do I owe you for this? And she said, oh my goodness. No, 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 you don't owe me. My mother has taught me and, and my brother to, to never accept pay for an act of kindness. And he goes, well, I, I truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. And he went on his way, and, and that milk did wonders. It, it, it not only gave him a, a little bit of nourishment physically, but it strengthened his faith and trust in God, and it strengthened just his, his faith and trust in people. And he was able to, to go on. Well, a few years later, this very woman that had given him the milk was in critical condition 
in a hospital in, a, in this small town that she was from. And the doctors could not figure out what she had and what was wrong, but they knew that she was going to die if something didn't happen. So they transfer, transferred her, transported her to the, the big hospital in the big city. And doctors there began to study her case, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, what was wrong, and, and they, they finally uh, called in this specialist. His name was Dr. Howard Kern. And Dr. Kern saw her case, and he noticed the hometown that she was from. And a memory came back. So he quickly got his mask on and his gown on and he went to check on her and he realized this was the very same lady that had given him a glass of milk years ago. Well, the other doctors had given up on the case. They just didn't know what to do. And so Dr. Kern said, I, I've, got to, I've got to take care of this. And so he began to, to study her case day in and day out. Just, just study it. And he finally figured out what it was. And once he figured out what it was, he figured out there was a cure. And he began to treat this woman. And after a course of several months of struggle, finally her battle was over. And she had defeated this terrible sickness. And she was fine. She went home from the hospital. And Dr. Kern asked to have her bill come to his desk before it was sent to her. And he got the bill and he wrote a little note, put a stamp on the envelope, and mailed it to her. This lady had been waiting for this bill, but hoping it wouldn't come. She didn't have much and she knew that this horrible sickness that she had was going to take everything she had in life. So with shaky hands, she began to open the envelope. She pulled out the bill and it simply read, paid in full with a glass of milk, signed Dr. Howard Kern. You see, The golden rule is not that tough. It doesn't take sometimes great humongous deeds. Sometimes it can be the smallest, smallest action, the smallest deed of kindness that shows, and we, and we don't do it for to receive things in return. We do it because we have already received salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. We do it because we love the Lord. We do it because we want to do what He would do. And so we give of ourselves. There's a couple of scriptures I want to share real quick. Just about done, so hang with me. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. There's two separate passages I want to look at here in this third chapter of Colossians. The first one is verse 17, and the next one is verse 23 and 24. Now, don't forget to bring your Bibles, because sometimes we don't put it on the screen. <laughs> so bring your Bibles so that you can, can turn and see it with your own eyes in your own Bible. I'm going to read verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3 first, and then I'm going to go down and read verse 23 and 24. 
I know you're familiar with these verses, but it's good to be reminded. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father. God the Father through Him. And then in verse 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. When you give a glass of milk to someone, you're giving a glass of milk to Jesus. When you do a, a good deed, when you minister to someone, we, we had some people that surprised us yesterday with a, a real blessing. And, and wow, thank you. Our house is much cleaner this morning. When we do little things and big things, it doesn't matter. We need to realize we're doing these things to the Lord first and foremost. And then we can bless each other with these acts of kindness, with doing to others what we would want them to do for us. And then Jesus says, this sums up the law and the prophets right there in verse 12. You see, that which is lawful can be fulfilled in verse 12. That which is spiritual can be fulfilled Right there in verse 12. That which is lawful, everything, under the law. And, and again, he's probably looking at the, the Pharisees who were not abiding by the golden rule. <coughs> probably looking right at him when he said this statement. But, but that which is spiritual can also be fulfilled. The most spiritual things you can do is worship the Lord. And there's so many ways you can worship God. You can worship like we're doing right now, worshiping Him in a service, but you can also worship Him by doing what Jesus would do and living like Jesus on this earth. I, can, I really believe if the golden rule was paraphrased, it would come out to the second, second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, we can follow the golden rule. Jesus expects us to follow the golden rule. So, if you this morning may be struggling in this area, Maybe you've been more selfish than selfless. And the Holy Spirit is convicting you of that. Then, then I just encourage you to come and rededicate your life. Say, you know, I, I know what God wants me to do and I, I need to do it. I know what... what the word says, I, I better understand what this says now. And I, I need to apply it to my life. Or maybe, maybe this is all new to you. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
and you realize that you need a Savior, the Savior, because there's only one. I, I, know, what, I know what we're hearing in this New Age movement and all these other things, but there's only one Savior, and His name is Jesus. So I just encourage you, if you've never accepted Christ, to take a step of faith. And that first step, is in a moment we're going to stand and sing, that first step of faith would be stepping right out here and coming down this very aisle. To come to Jesus Christ. To have your sins washed away as you're immersed into Him. As I've already mentioned earlier, for the forgiveness of your sins that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest gift you will ever receive. And that is a gift that will last for eternity. Just ask Louisa. Just ask Mr. Harry. Just ask others that have gone uh, recently from this church family. Others that you know that have gone to be with the Lord. They'll tell you. Oh my goodness. Make that decision. So let's stand right now. And let's just sing this, this hymn of invitation and make it exactly that. An invitation for you to come for whatever it might be. You, you may be already uh, an immersed believer in Christ and you just want to be a part of the fellowship here at Williamsburg Christian Church. That would be incredible as well. We encourage you to come. Whatever God is speaking to your heart to do this morning, we just ask that you would listen to Him. And be obedient to that still, small voice that convicts your heart. Let's see.